Oops. What? I gotta plug. I gotta plug my headphone in. Are you the freak or the geek? I'm the freak. All my freaks, so I'm shouting out to all my freaks out there. I've seen you without your shirt on. You're far from a freak. Yeah. Well, I'm a different kind of freak. <laughs> nice. Um, how's Mexico going? Yeah, it's going all right. I'm actually leaving today. I have to head back for my visa. Nice. How how long do you think that'll take? Uh, probably between a week, two weeks. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping no more than two weeks. Um, no more than two. When does your job start then? Um, just whenever, as soon as I get my visa, pretty much. Is it high schools or what is it? Yeah, uh, it's a high school. The place I'll be working at, they have a, a middle school, a high school, and a university. Oh, okay. So but you'll be bouncing between all of them probably. Maybe, but I'm, I'm obligated to the high school more than, more the first, more than anything. Cool. You, um, do you care to share, to share your fat salary or do you want to keep that private? I mean, I don't in dollars. I'd have to do the math, but uh, let's just say that for for here, it's it, for for where I live, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Nice. All right. So, um, are you fucking doing backflips about this? Wait, when is? Hold on. I don't even know when the Royal Rumble is. <laughs> are you excited for the Royal the the uh, the Royal Rumble? It's not for uh, two weeks, actually. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I haven't really cared about the Royal Rumble for a long time now. All right. Perfectly so, yeah, I thought we kind of talk about the Royal Rumble because I heard someone kind of going over it and they brought up some really good points. Um, so just so real quick, you and me watch a combined total of 10 hours of WWE programming per year, right? Probably less. Yeah. I watch like one hour of Mania, I'd say one NXT special, and I catch a couple YouTube clips throughout the year. I think last year I watched the the War Games match. I saw a couple matches off WrestleMania. And I think I saw no, I don't watch any of the Royal Rumble last year. I yeah, think I that's it. A couple matches from WrestleMania, the War Games match from NXT, and that's it. That's the only WWE I watch in all of 2018. Um, okay, well, before we go into the Royal Rumble, let's, uh, let's talk about this. What is it about WWE that keeps you from watching it? Jeez, I could be here all day talking about that. I, I mean, it's just, it's everything. It's the presentation, it's not caring about any of the wrestlers, it's bad angles, it's, it's, the shows are too long, it's just not having kind of any emotional develop, uh, development or emotional depth, uh, God, man, I mean, I just be here all day talking about why I don't watch WWE. Yeah, I I feel the same way, but I feel like up until I mean, we can talk about the the you know the uh, the moment that it ended, but I feel like even when I didn't give a shit for the past like five years, I still watched the Rumble. There there was something about the Rumble that made you want to watch it, right? I think, um, yeah, I, I know when I really, really stopped watching, I can pinpoint it, but for, for several years, yeah, even though I, was, I wasn't really in that much into WWE, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, you still felt a little you know, compelled or maybe even a little obligated because as a fan, those are kind of like the big, you know, some of the biggest shows of the year. Royal Rumble leads to WrestleMania. WrestleMania, of course, is the biggest show of the year. So you still want to see, well, this is the biggest show of the year, so let's see what's going on. But as time went on, WrestleMania 
it just got worse and worse and worse. And I remember for me, this is more about WrestleMania, but just real quick, the WrestleMania that was in Dallas, we had Roman Reigns and Triple H in the main event. That to me was when I was like, you know what? Fuck this. WWE is garbage. I hate this. This sucks. I don't want to spend any more time on this. And that was three years ago. Would that so that would have been WrestleMania thirty one? No, that would have been thirty two, I guess. Because thirty one was Roman Lesnar, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say say that yeah, I would say that that was about the the same time for me as well. It's um, I think what it was was what like what was the the turning point when the Rumble WrestleMania season they call it a season for some fucking stupid reason. When did it become like? It went from being the blow off point for all of these matches to the part timers coming in and celebrity bullshit and like you know it became like this kind of spectacle rather than the ultimate point of the the ongoing story. And well, I would think that go on. WrestleMania has always been more about spectacle rather than putting on a great wrestling show. It's always been about having big stars. Yeah, but I mean, it still felt like you were building up to the wrestlers that, you know, I mean, come on. It's, it's about, you were still building to the wrestlers that were on the roster every week. You know, Diesel taking on right. whoever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I go back to several years ago when The Rock came back. Because when The Rock came back, that's when you started having a part-timer main eventing because he main evented back-to-back WrestleManias with, with John Cena. And before that, I don't think that was really happening. Uh, I'm trying to think. No. So I, I really go back to when the rock started coming in and he had his program with John Cena. And then Taker and went I, to the, uh, the part-time time schedule. Taker went, a couple other things happened. Yeah. Taker, Triple H. Lesnar came Taker, in, and Lesnar's only going to wrestle five times per per year. So, Yeah, so you start seeing more focus. Yeah, there you go. Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Rock Lesnar. These are all big names from, from 15, 20 years ago, and they were the ones being highlighted in your big WrestleMania matches and not guys that were up and coming. Maybe you'd get John Cena, but now... Now John Cena's not even a regular anymore. John Cena's a part-time guy. So we're even seeing John Cena kind of being phased into that role. And I think that's just been a big problem, and that's why WrestleMania doesn't feel special, is because it's just the time where they bring back stars from the past, but you never really see the elevation or the rise of anybody new. And again, that's a major reason why I don't care about WWE anymore, because if you know that a guy you like isn't going to get elevated, why should I get emotionally invested in him? Um, which brings me to the Rumble, which um, it was something that I was kind of thinking about where it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get to the list of the, okay, here we go. I got the list of the winners. So you have, um, you have this point now where the winners are either part-timers or they don't, they aren't even in the main match. So, and ever, ever since the, the brand split, they... They started the this thing where someone would win the Rumble, which to me, winning the Rumble means that you are going to main event fucking WrestleMania, right? And now yeah. we're and now it's starting to get to the point. I think Sheamus was the first one that I that I can think of where he won the uh, Rumble, and then his match was the first match. 
you know? And um, now that with uh, the year prior, Del Rio had won the Royal Rumble and he opened up WrestleMania with Edge and he lost. So, yeah, yeah. so but then, why would anybody care? In defense, to, in defense to Edge, that was Edge's last match because the next day he came out and retired, but still, you know. And and even and if that's the case too, couldn't you have give Edge a bigger spotlight then if you knew that was going to be his last match? So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, rather than going on the opener, but I think the Royal Rumble for years has kind of been um, has just kind of been uh, meaningless, and it doesn't really have any kind of prestige anymore. There's been many, many, many guys. When's the last guy who main evented a Royal Rumble? Sorry, who won the Royal Rumble? Who actually went on last? Okay, I well, guess maybe actually John the- Cena. Yeah, well, actually, there's been a few. So, Batista won the Rumble in 2014. He went on to main event in the, the three-way that Dan, that uh, um, Dan, uh, Daniel Bryan Daniel. won. Yeah. Then it was but Reigns, lost. but he lost. Then it was Reigns yeah. who lost against uh, Lesnar. And then it was Triple H who won the title and then lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So, so, Wrestle, then you have Orton, who wrestled in the middle of the card against Bray Wyatt in a match nobody even, you know, like, who cares? And then you have yeah. Nakamura, who Nakamura. I don't think he beat AJ Styles, and that was a middle-of-the-match uh, show. AJ, I think that was like the semi-main, but yeah, AJ, AJ beat him. That's been a big problem, too, and this is also related to, you know, like the G1 Climax, and it was always a big criticism I had of the G1 Climax is that since they started doing the gimmick, nobody who had won the G1 Climax had actually gone on to win the main event at the Tokyo Dome. I think this past one with Tanahashi and Omega, that was the first time that someone who actually won the briefcase had gone on to win the main event at the Tokyo Dome, so they finally did it. But the the gimmick of the of the G, winning the G1 briefcase has not has only been done, I think, for about five, six years now, whereas the Royal Rumble gimmick of getting a title shot at WrestleMania I mean, that's been going on since 93, I believe. Flair, I know Flair in 92, that was for the title. And then the following years when they started doing the gimmick where you become number one contender. So, and it seems like for many years now that, yeah, just because you win the Royal, it's like maybe 50-50 winning the Royal Rumble means you win the title when you win a world title WrestleMania. So that's something I've always been critical. Uh, Another thing I've been critical of too is that there hasn't really been a lot of guys uh, so real quick, I mean, I know like Triple H won the title in 2016, the 2016 Royal Rumble. But before that, uh, you have to go back a bit. I think well, John Cena, because John Cena remember won the Royal Rumble, and then he beat The Rock in the main event. I think that was 2013. So that's still six years ago. Uh, yeah, you are right. Um, another thing about the Rumble, so I forget what show I was listening to, I forget, but I was listening to some show, and they brought up the fact that, um, and this is a thing that you and me bitch about constantly, very few people in the Rumble are actually trying to win it. It seems like the Rumble nowadays, it's a lot of, um, the, you know, the, uh, the pre-planned spots. For instance, Kofi, Fee, uh, Kingston. His big thing is he gets thrown out and somehow he keeps his toe on the announce table and does a big jump or something to stay in it. He's been doing it for like 10 years now. And there's a whole bunch of these pre-choreographed spots that they're, you know, they're, they're made to get laughs and smiles and replays and highlights, but it's not competitive really, you know? But that's 
But that's the nature and the culture of WWE now. It's that winning doesn't matter. It's all about giving you moments. It's all about moments and giving the fans something to remember. But competitive matches and competitive angles, it doesn't matter anymore. It's not, it's not what WWE is based on. So, yeah, and the Royal Rumble is a perfect example of that where it doesn't feel like winning the Royal Rumble and main eventing and becoming a world champion at WrestleMania it's just something that's not highlighted by WWE. I immediately think of my favorite uh, Rumble, and we're always going to, okay, the best Rumble is probably the 92 Rumble that Flair won. Okay. But our my favorite oh, Rumble, huh? I mean, that's before our time, so it's not like we could really comment yeah. it with nostalgia. Yeah. So, yeah, so my favorite might have been your first Rumble. I think it was 99 when it was Austin and McMahon when when um, yeah, 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 when yeah, Vince yeah. won it. But that's, Vince won it. Yeah, but that's a point of, like, the Rumble had so many storylines going on, and they did so much with it, and it wound up build, you know building to a huge angle that led into the next pay-per-view, that led into Mania and stuff. It, you know, there was so much... Going on, whereas now you throw a guy over the rope and you point at a sign, you know? Yeah. Well, my favorite Rumble, and this is probably going to be controversial, and I think you already know where I'm going with this, but, but and I get annoyed with it, but my favorite Royal Rumble is the one Chris Benoit won because it just, he entered number one, and man, I remember that Royal Rumble had so much guys. I remember um, the last, like, 10, 15 minutes you had... Benoit, John Cena, Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Big Show, Kurt Angle. You had all these like great wrestlers, and they're all and and you felt like, man, who's gonna win it? Because at that at that point, it's like none of these guys. You know, it's not The Rock, it's not Steve Austin, it's not Triple H. It's like you're really seeing an elevation of somebody new, and who's it gonna be? And and every and Benoit was was the darling because he had never he had never won a, a world championship in WWE, and they told a great story of him being out there for an hour and beating all these guys and being an Iron Man and and avoiding elimination and he was on his and he was finally on his way to doing it and then he finally did it at the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, you, you could just see the storyline build up and it was a great story, and I think it's been a long time since you've seen that and. And it's been a long time since you've seen a Royal Rumble feel like a competitive match where it's just a battle. It's a war. Yeah. Someone asked me a question once and I, I, I basically just blackpilled them and fucking blew them off. But just, and, and this is just a blanket question. You can answer it in any way that you want. What would have to, like, think of three things or so that would have to happen for you to watch WWE weekly. Well, they'd have to cut back on the on the content. There's too much content, number one. Too much content. Wait, I'm going to stop you there. Because, dude, when we were younger, we used to watch Raw for two hours and SmackDown for uh, two hours. Yeah, I mean, more or less, yeah. But now you got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. You got 205 Live. You got NXT. You got the Mix Max Challenge. Uh, what else? Pay-per-views? Pay-per-views, yeah. Specials I mean, that, you're looking, that, you know, that pop up every, every so often? 
because of the network, you're looking at hours and hours and hours of endless content. And I understand it's the network and, and you know, they want subscriptions. And, and, and part of the deal of trying to get subscriptions is having a lot of content. But uh, at the same time, it's just too much. It's, it's, uh, it's overexposed. And that's why WWE feels so stale because it's just overexposed. There's too much of it. So that'd be one thing. I think there's too much content. Um, too much reliance on, on stars from the past to, to get the program over, I think. I, um, I, I don't believe that they really elevate their guys. They're, there's too much stop and start pushes. That's been a big problem. Um, you know, I think like just now, Finn Balor, they're pushing Finn Balor now, but how many times have they stopped and started with Finn Balor? And they get cold feet with guys so much. It's like, get, if, if you see a guy and he gets over, get behind him. And I think overall, it's just listening more to the audience. Uh, with WWE, there's too much booking around what they want to do and not what the fans want. Everybody knows that. For me, the the thing about the pushers is I'm a big guy, and I know you and me kind of talk about it. It's one thing when a guy rises up to a new level, and you can ignore the past fucking losses. But Finn Balor is a dude. He won the uh, the Universal Championship in his first month, right? Yeah. And since yeah. then, I've watched Kane pin him. I've seen Jinder whatever pin that guy, like hit his move. One, two, three, pin him. I've seen him lose tag matches, singles matches. I've seen him do comedy bullshit with girls. You know what I mean? So it's like once you are at the top level and then you just start eating pins. Raven, for instance. I was a huge fan of uh, Raven. Raven didn't lose for a long, long time. And when he did, it was a big, big deal. He won uh, the U.S. title. He lost immediately to Goldberg. And then I remember it was um, Halloween Havoc. He wrestled Chris Jericho in the opening match, and he lost completely clean, tapped out. And I was like, and even as a kid, I, I you know, I'm like 12. I'm like, oh well, I guess that Raven's over with. He just lost to Jericho for no reason. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about all of these guys, where it's like, the you know, you like they don't trade guys between different companies, so it's inevitable that your favorite dude is going to eventually just start eating pins. It's inevitable that. The Miz or Finn Balor or Braun Strowman. Like one day Braun Strowman is going to just get pinned by, I don't know, Scott Dawson. Who fucking knows, right? Like one day it'll happen. Uh, I mentioned like Lars Sullivan because I think he's another big guy. But uh, yeah, like some, you know, he'll start eating pins to, you know, big guys or even small guys. Maybe like a Finn Balor too or Seth Rollins or whatever, right? But yeah, I mean, 50-50 booking has always been a major uh, criticism of WWE because no one ever really gets over. No one really gets elevated. They kind of just stay in that mid-card, and you don't really perceive them to be stars. That's another thing, too, is you don't perceive any of these guys to be stars or, or big deals. Because, I can think of two guys, they, though, which would be Daniel Bryan and then Styles. Like, those two guys do feel like stars to me, and maybe that's because they've been stars for, for so long in different companies. But they also they don't just eat pins on SmackDown. Well, they 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 protected. I have to say WWE and in I will say with AJ they have actually in AJ's WWE run I think they protected him fairly well. So I can't be too critical of them. With Brian, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, Brian always just seems like one of those guys that yeah he's over, but they never re they still never really want to fully get behind him because he's just not what they think of as a star. But AJ for whatever reason they've been very protective of. 
it's really crazy to think about how low on the totem pole SmackDown really is because like Daniel Bryan's champion, AJ J Styles is great. They've got Ray on the show, Nakamura on the the show. But if you load up any wrestling sheet news website, 90% of the stories are about Raw. It's about Lesnar and Triple H and Vince and all the shit going on on Raw, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, because they've beaten into our head that Raw is the A show and SmackDown is just kind of, well, if you want to watch it, it's there, but it's not that important. Yeah. Yeah, so. Sucks. Um, all right, anything else going on in WWE? Oh, di- dude, I saw someone sent me this clip on Twitter. Have you seen the clip of Vince from Raw from this Monday? No. Dude. Clips. So he comes out of a door and he's talking to somebody. He looks and sounds like he is on death's door. I mean, you can't really understand him. Like, he's mumbling and he's got the gravel voice. Like, and it's it's so deep. And it just, it sounds like your grandpa who smoked for like 80 years when he he starts to laugh and just starts wheezing really bad. Like he sounds so bad. Like Vince looks really rough, man. Yeah. So yeah, He might be having health problems. He's in his 70s now, right? So he's not a young man. Um, he's, I mean, he's old. He's not like super, super old, but he is old for sure. I think he's like 78 maybe? Yeah, I mean, he's... I'm guessing he's not. He's like mid seventies would be my guess. Um, uh, let's just look it up for fun. Sure. He is seventy three. Seventy three. Okay. He's actually a little younger than I thought he'd be, then. Yeah, but I mean, we all know. You know, I mean, look, man, we all know he did steroids. I'm sure he was doing cocaine a lot. He doesn't sleep a lot. He's, you know, he's lived a pretty heavy life. Absolutely, and a very stressful life as well. If you got to imagine when you're juggling a you know a billion dollar company, it's um, it's a lot of stress to put on the mind, especially when you're not a big sleeper like he is either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, uh, just real quick with the rumble, um, is there? Uh, do you have any rumblings about who who's the favorite to win it, or who do you expect to win it? Is it going to be you know Seth Rollins or maybe? Dean Ambrose or, I don't know, AJ, any kind of rumors and innuendo on that? Um, well, suppose it's going to be Lesnar and Rollins, which, but now that you and me know that, I'm sure they're going to throw a switcheroo in there and it's going to be, like, I don't even know who the fucking roster is. I swear to God. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm guessing Seth Rollins maybe would be a possibility, but... But you know what, though? It goes back to the Royal Rumble. A lot of people would say that a lot of times that the, the winner was predictable, but sometimes it's a good predictable because it's the guy that you want to see win. It's like, you know, Steve Austin in 98. Of course Steve Austin is going to win it, but that's the guy who should win it. That's the guy who everybody wants to see win it. Yeah. Sometimes with the Royal Rumble, it's pick the guy that everybody wants to win and stick with that guy. You know, don't try and swerve us for the sake of doing a swerve. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the so, uh, that's the argument. They're just trying to swerve okay, us. Yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's looking like uh, Rollins. I mean, let's go over the Mania card for fun for no reason. Uh, it's looking like Lesnar and Rollins. I don't care. Lesnar's a guy. I saw Ryback pin that guy. Did you know? he really? 
Fuck yeah, dude. When uh, when Rollins was was champion, he lost like fourteen straight television oh. matches to all kinds of people. I thought you meant right back to Lesnar. No, no, I mean Rollins. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, Rollins. Look, he's a good talent. He's a good wrestler. Um, you know, I've, I've watched Seth Rollins since he was in Ring of Honor. He's a good wrestler, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, yeah, the bloom is off the rose a bit for him, but apparently he's still one of their most over guys, so good for him. I mean, dude, like, he, I, you know, the one-eyed man is king and shit. The story the story uh, of him is is trying to get, you know, re- re- not redemption, but, uh, you know, he's going out there and winning it for Roman. That's a good story. It's fine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, cool. Like, who cares? The, like, guy, the, the guy trying to win the title for his friend who has leukemia. Yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, dude, I don't... Like, Steve Austin didn't give a shit about sick people, you know? Yeah, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, but that's another thing of, like... It, it's like, oh, I'm going to win it for my friend who's got le- 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 leukemia. It's like, bro, don't you have, like... A girlfriend or kids or something like that's what's motivating i mean that's just like really corny to me i mean that's just corny but that's part of our corny society that we live in now it's a bit of like a hallmarky you know lifetime channel kind of thing but yeah i get it yeah like do it uh, you know do it for 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 me billy mcgarnagle yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey we gotta get a meme with that do this for me rollins mcgarnagle <laughs> <laughs> Rome, Rome Garnigal. I'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you could do a meme where you put Roman's face on the uh, Clint Eastwood McGarnigal's face, and then the boy could be. You know. there, there's actually there's an account on Twitter that's called like wrestling memes using Simpsons or something. I should send it to them. Yeah, per- it's a perfect meme. I think. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Do it for <laughs> McGarnigal. Okay, McGarnigal. <laughs> So. Okay for you, but Carnival. Billy's dead. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to eat lunch. <laughs> um, right. what else? Uh, the women are gonna main event. Do you care? Do you think it's cool? Do you have anything? You know, any opinions? Yeah. There's rumors that uh, maybe they'll main event with the show with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, right? Or like a three-way Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky? Some combination of three, yeah. Some combination, yeah. Look, it's cool. I don't really care. Um, they're all fine talents, but whatever. I don't I don't care. I'll be honest. It probably is. Dude, do you know who's a star? Becky Lynch. Like, Becky Lynch is kind of like... She really does come off as a star in... The Twitter gifts that I see. I mean, that like that is ninety two percent of my exposure to WWE is like gifts on Twitter. But Becky Lynch appears. No, I don't to even be... look at the. Huh? Oh. I don't even look at the gifts on Twitter, so I have no idea. You're missing out on a lot of gifts. Um, but yeah, Becky Lynch. I mean, honestly, like it's like um, who else would you mean if that? I mean, Lesnar is so dull nowadays. Like, even the most diehard fans that I'm in contact, you know, th- that I know, even they're like, Lesnar, this guy, again, still. So I-, I don't think that you can run 
Lesnar and uh, 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 Rollins. And then Taker's not wrestling, I'm guessing. Um, Scott, Taker, I'm sorry, man, but he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but he needs to fucking retire. Get off. Stop wrestling, man. Please. Jesus Christ. Yep. I agree. It's just embarrassing at this point. Really. I mean, at this point, yeah. who, who, it really is. who would he wrestle? I mean, like, maybe, like, I don't know. Oh, I don't maybe Wrestle Jinder Mahal, I don't know. Exactly, dude. Like, the whole roster fucking sucks, man. Um, who else? We got Lars Sullivan versus Cena, which might happen, might not. If I'm guessing if he doesn't, it'll just be Cena versus Rusev. I mean, they've beaten that whole roster that you can name any match. Rusev Miz. Oh, oh, okay, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, just name any two fucking wrestlers, and I'll be like... All right. Well, whoever wins the next night, they'll get the match back, and then they'll trade some booty title around. Like none of this has any fucking what's the word consequence. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah well, what happen is they'll, they'll put on matches. One guy will win, then the next pay per view, the other guy gets his win back, and then the next pay per view, you know, maybe they'll have like a gimmick blow off match. You know, Extreme Rules gimmick blow off, and then then it's off to uh, I don't know whatever. And then they all trade partners. Yeah. Maybe they'll get a chance to face Brock Lesnar or Braun Strowman and then lose. So it doesn't matter. Or or, Uh, or Cena, because they're the only ones who matter. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. uh, So. Great, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they they can make an event with Daniel Bryan, but I don't know what they're going to do with Daniel Bryan. Man, I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's just going to be Bryan and AJ because... That's what the SmackDown title is. The SmackDown title is just two guys wrestling forever for it. Like, that's really what it feels like. It was like AJ and, and fucking um, Shinsuke. They, they made event like five pay-per-views straight with that match. And now it's yeah, AJ yeah, and Brian yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. And then it'll be AJ and Rusev will get his turn. And he'll do do for a while. And... God damn, dude. Yeah. What a fucking... <laughs> anyway. Um, I did want to mention... Rock. Yeah. It's just so bloody and stupid. Um, I did want to mention... Oh, one more thing. I just want your opinion on this since the butt sniffers are out in mass about this. Um, so, Rey Mysterio, he wrestled uh, Andrade Cien Almas on SmackDown on Tuesday. And um, apparently... Yeah. It was a 93-star match, like 93 of them, like the best match in the history of SmackDown ever. Everyone needs to watch it. The, yeah. greatest, th- the greatest match of all time. Are you going to watch it? No. Why not? I'm not because it's WWE. It's WWE and I don't care. And I don't feel like supporting them in any way. So I don't watch anything they do. You're bitter. It's just... I won't even. I won't even. I won't even torrent them. I won't even. I won't even put waste my computer space on WWE. All right, cool. And you've got some really bad porn on there too. Oh yeah, I mean, I got all my child porn, oh my uh, bestiality porn. <laughs> that's important. Yeah, that's important. Not watching Rey Mysterio. Not watching Rey Mysterio and, and trying to say almost do a bunch of flippy flops. 
All right, cool. Um, have you heard of uh, Pr Priscilla Kelly? Mm, may, no, not real. I, this team is familiar, but I can't put a face to her. She's the girl who pulled the tampon out during a match. Oh, God. Did you hear this? That's disgusting. <laughs> I, think, I think I heard the story, yeah. All right, so real I think quick. I so what, what show was it like on the Fortune Indie show? Yeah, it was on. It, it was so, okay. Um, I mean, we don't got to talk about this forever. I just kind of wanted your two cents because you're like the wrestling bubble. So, um, yeah. it was an over 21 bar show. I don't even know if it had a fucking ring, to be honest, but it was an over 21 bar show. And she did a spot, pulls the tampon out, and shoves it in her mouth, and blah, blah, blah. Now, the comparison is obviously to Joey Ryan and Dino Don, Don Shoku and a few others. Um, like, do you think, like, eh, it was a 21 show, who cares? You know, the, the in the video, the crowd seemed to think it was kind of funny, and they kind of clapped about it and stuff. Um, I don't know, do you have any two cents to throw in about it? Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a spot to get some to get a pop from the crowd, right? I mean, that's really all it is. I don't I don't think it's anything more than that. See, to me, the 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 problem is not with the spot. The problem was the next hour, within one hour, you had Jim Cornette and Jr. and Hurricane Kane Helms and any blowhard who ever accidentally went to a wrestling show twice had to put their virtue signaling two cents in and either back her up and say, yeah, women can be gross too. Women are women are funny now. Or they have to say, you're ruining the business. Or they have to comment on the commenters or whatever else. And it's just like, everyone needs to back up and be like, this is like fake underwear fighting. And yeah. Joey Ryan's been putting his cock in people's mouth for like forever. And... What's the deal? Why can't we just be like, hey, that was funny, or ooh, gross, and move on? Like, why does it have to be a thing? Yeah. Because everyone has to make a, a, a big deal, make a point of everything that ever happens because they want to voice their opinion as if their opinion really matters or – or they wanna they wanna be so make something socially relevant, right? Everything needs to be socially relevant to what's going on, and we need to argue all these bullshit topics that deep down really don't matter. I mean, for me, she pulled a tampon out of her, her tights, whatever. I think it's gross, but uh, I'm not gonna really think too much about it. And I'm not even I'm not really gonna go out and watch it either because I just don't care. I will say, I bet if I was at the, you know, if you and me were there, we were three beer, you know, three, four beers deep, and it happened, we'd both be like, oh, man, that was fucking sick, man, and, and we'd get a pop from it, you know, it's like a cool, yeah, come on, dude, for a 21 and over bar show, who cares, right? It's just to get a rise from the crowd, that's all it was, I don't think it was anything beyond that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think... I don't think this needs to be really discussed, uh, discussed in depth or an, uh, analyzed. My about, one dude. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's a it's a social symbol of, of the of the freedom women have these days. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Who cares? My my one dude. He uh, he coined a phrase which like I love it. Which is why does wrestling have to change the the world? Like why are people turning to wrestling for like? 
this mirror of like the world or something. Uh, yeah, as if this is some kind of microcosm of what goes on. How we can use it as a as a vehicle of change in society. It's like, come on, man! It's it's a show. It's a it's an entertainment show. Like, I don't know why people are trying to push these these all these like you know social issues on it. Here's another thing that drives me bonkers, absolutely bonkers, which is um. Anybody, I don't care if you're a man, a woman, Japanese, old, young, who cares? Anybody who admits, who states publicly that they've cried to wrestling. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen on Twitter someone say, Oh my God, it was beautiful. I was crying to the Tokyo Dome main event or to this Rey Mysterio match or to whatever. Why the fuck is wrestling? Look, I cried three three times, and each time it was because somebody died, literally died. You know what I mean? When 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 Owen died, and uh, the wrestlers are giving their their speeches, and I'm twelve, I cried. I was like, "This is so fucking sad." I'm not gonna watch Kenny Omega kick out of three fucking rainmakers and be like, "Oh my god, he's the champion that we deserve." Grow up, you fucking corny weirdos. He overcome it all. I didn't think he could do it all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever cried after a wrestling match. I've been happy. I've been excited, and I've been pissed off. But I never cried. I think. Uh, I don't know. It's not. It's not like I have to get that level. But I mean, hey, look. If if people are touched on that kind of emotional level, I suppose good for them. I, I don't really know if it's worth crying over, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just—I think it's another way of fans just trying to get themselves over. That's all. Yeah, I trying think it's kind of yeah. Trying to get, trying trying. To get themselves over about how how emotional, how powerful wrestling can be, and you don't don't and how, no, no, and they were you, so moved. Adam, you don't get it. I know that you really like it, but I like it so much it makes me cry like a little bitch. Like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I really uh, think it's like when when little kids don't want to go to school and they have to make themselves throw up, you know? It's the same thing. We just, you know, you kind of squint really hard and you kind of shove out a tear, you know? Yeah. Fucking losers. It's like, no, mommy, I really am sick. I, I am. I really am. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's just a little bratty thing. Yeah. Um, you want to talk ROH or you want to talk TNA? Well, let's talk about ROH real quick because Roosh just signed an exclusive. This is basically a, an exclusive deal to work in the United States that for all his matches in the U.S. it will be strictly with ROH, which uh, come to, when I think about this, it's kind of uh, it's actually kind of later than I thought it would be. And this kind of goes into what I wanted to uh, ask you about is the relationship between there's kind of that triangle of ROH, New Japan and CMLL and rush of course is one of the top guys in CMLL. He had been doing some shows. Rush hadn't really been doing a whole lot in the United States uh, up until recently, but in the last few months he had been doing some MLW shows even he was he was even scheduled to wrestle his big rival, which is set Mexico on fire with LA Park for WrestleMania weekend. That's had to have been canceled and he's been replaced by a Pentagon, 
which is not a bad replacement. I think it's still a fine match, depending on an L.A. park. I think it'll still do well, draw well, get a big reaction. But it's not the big marquee match that everybody wants to see of Roosh against L.A. Park. And, and I, yeah, I kind of want to get your opinion on the, that working relationship. And I think if Roosh being exclusive to Ring of Honor, I actually do think that helps Ring of Honor a lot because Roosh is a big star with CML, a big star in Mexico. He does, he does indies all over Mexico. I've seen him live several times. He feels like a big star. He's the kind of heel that I enjoy. Um, he's the kind of heel that you can still boo and not kind of be some, uh, you know, smarky ass, snarky asshole. And yeah, oh, he's a great heel. I hope he wins. It's like, nah, he's a great heel. So you know what? Fuck him. I hope he loses. I hope he does lose his hair. I hope he does get his ass kicked because you want you want. He's the kind of guy that even though you can admire his talents, you still want to see his ass. You know, still see him lose and get his comeuppance. And I admire that a lot about him. So I want to know more about what you think about the signing and what you think about the overall relationship between these three promotions. And if that's going to help ring of honor, because we talked about that a little bit in the, it kind of goes into with AEW because a, I'm sure AEW would have loved to have Roosh as a talent, but now he's ROH exclusive. And now you can see ROH. Are they trying to make a, a big, a uh, big push to sign guys in response to what AEW is doing. And are we going to maybe see a big competition between ring of honor, AEW and even MLW? Cause he was an, he was for, he was being promoted by MLW for several months now. Well, okay. Um, as far as MLW, I don't think MLW will ever be anything but <clears throat> the best of the Indies. So I'm just going to say that. I think MLW will always be the Island of misfit toys. Like they'll be the bridge between the Indies and then Ring of Honor. Like, that's what I think MLW will always be. But um, as far as those three companies, <clears throat> um, it really goes to show one of my things about uh, the Japanese companies that I, uh, that I really try to get home to American fans is that the Japanese companies, all of them, <clears throat> all of them, <clears throat> excuse me, what they care about is long, like longevity. They care about being stable, knowing what's going to happen next year. They don't want to rock the boat too hard. And I think that, you know, keeping, um, you know, uh, New Japan, they've been partnered with CMLL for quite a while. They run the tour in January every year. It does very good business. They bring in a couple guys a few times, and they usually get over pretty good. You know, Ring of Honor has let them just kind of come in and run roughshod, and I feel like New Japan has really used Ring of Honor in a way that hasn't yeah. helped Ring of Honor at all. Absolutely. I feel that the New Japan Ring of Honor side, it's really been very one-sided because we talked about this in the last episode. The New Japan stars fear, feel head and shoulders above the Ring of Honor stars. I feel like um, I feel like New Japan kind of used them to create a foothold for their own U.S. shows. Uh, you know, I just think it, it hasn't been yeah. good. But... Um, yeah, Opening to, to for their own U.S. market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with uh, you know, you and me were were um, talking like, oh, I'm surprised that Rush didn't go with you know that Rush signed the deal. But then we kind of thought about it, we're like, he's a CMLL lifer. You know what I mean? Like he's not going anywhere. Rush is is one of the highest paid. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's one of the highest. Paid. He has to be. He's got to be one of the highest paid guys in CMLL. 
every, I mean, he's main eventing. I watch, I usually watch the Friday night arena Mexico fairly regularly. He's, he's generally speaking, I would say he's like in like the last year or so, maybe 70, 80% of those Friday night CML main events, he's in them. So he's main eventing the, in the Friday night CMLL show, for those who don't know, that is the, like the Monday night raw of CMLL. That is the, the flagship show for CMLL. And if you're main eventing that flagship show on a weekly basis, uh, then you're obviously one of, you got to be one of the highest paid guys, right? He's one of the most over guys, one of the biggest talents. He's not leaving CMLL anytime soon. So because of that, it makes sense for Ring of Honor to try and sign him to the exclusive deal for when he wrestles in the United States. And likewise, if he wrestles in Japan, it's only going to be New Japan. Now, I will say that Mexico, CMLL, they do allow him to wrestle other indies. And pretty, the thing is, in Mexico, pretty much everybody wrestles indies still. It's not like guys just wrestle CML or just wrestle AAA. They kind of go everywhere. But I'm sure CML has to approve the bookings and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as Rush goes, I mean, it makes sense. But the, the thing about it is, I mean, Ring of Honor... They've been the weak cog in that wheel for a while because right now, if I look at the Ring of Honor uh, 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 roster and I got to think, okay, if New Japan comes to them and they say, hey, we need someone to challenge for the IC title in June, send over your biggest star, who's it going to be? Jay Lethal, I guess? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing is... Who's the, I don't even know, who's the TV champion Ring of Honor right now? Bro, I don't even fucking know, man. Let me look it up. Because, okay, so this all started kind of because, like, about um, a few days ago, someone made the comment on Twitter where they where they were like, man, in one week, Jay Lethal will have been world champion for 632 days, and he's the longest reigning champion. And I said, Jesus Christ, that just shows how lame Ring of Honor is that I didn't even... Realize he was still champion. Like, I mean, dude, when you think of that company, you think of the Bullet Club and the Bucks, and you think of Cody versus Kenny, and you think of all of these angles that don't involve their actual fucking wrestlers, you know? And yeah. the guy shot back saying, you know, he made a comment saying, well, Jay Lethal is one of the elite fucking wrestlers in the, the world, to which I said... Well, I bet that your list of that includes 150 guys then. And he said, it does. And he's at the top of my big list. Well, you're a fucking loser. But um, let's see. Who is the current champion, the television champion? Jeff Cobb. Okay. I mean, Jeff Cobb has been doing more uh, more shows of Ring of Honor. He has been pushed more. Uh, sorry, we'll push more with uh, New Japan. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something. I, I, I do like Jeff Cobb. I think Jeff Cobb is a guy that, that deserves more and needs to be presented more. So we'll see how that plays out. And Cobb, he has been in um, Japan quite a few times. So maybe he is, maybe he would be the guy if, if they were like, hey, send over your biggest star to take on our IC champion. Maybe it would be Jeff Cobb. But it, it's, it's like right now, I mean, they brought in uh, Brody King, they brought in uh, PCO. They brought in. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's a PCO. I think they signed Marty. Did they sign Marty Scurll? No, Marty Scurll is signed through April, and then he, then he's leaving. Oh, okay, okay, Cause, okay, okay. Because okay. he's already got AEW T-shirts and stuff, so he's leaving once his contract's up in April. 
Um, I was gonna say an AEW guy. Yeah, um, and then um, they also, you know, they brought in Juice Robinson, who made like this big, like their booking is just terrible. Like they're just throwing guys into stables for no reason. Juice Robinson made a stable, which. I got nothing against Juice. I don't think he's a big star that most people do. I think he's a really cool guy. I think he's a good wrestler. But um, he's a New Japan guy. He's not a Ring of Honor guy. Like, he's going back to Tokyo, and he's going to stay there for a few months. He's not going to stick around, you know? So No, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a New Japan guy. He's probably going to be one of the top uh, push foreigners in New Japan. So it's not like he's going to be any kind of regular with Ring of Honor. So it just makes me think of like, you know, we kind of talked about it last week, but it's like, um, you know, kind of kind of like I said about uh, WWE, what, like, there's just something about the Ring of Honor product that when I watch a paper, like every six months I'll watch a pay-per-view, right? And it's like, um, I, it doesn't feel like there's any flow from one show to the next, from champion to, to champion. It just feels so random and hodgepodgey. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to mention this about Jay Lethal since since we're on the topic. Jay Lethal is the all-time uh, record holder for the TV title in terms of uh, days held by a, like a lot, by a big, big margin. And if if Jay Lethal is the champ, is the RH world champion for 20 more days, so about three weeks, he's champion for three more weeks, which I'm sure he will be, he will be the number one all-time Ring of Honor world champion for days held as well. So you're looking at Jay Lethal being the longest, the the, the golden boy record basically. holder for Daytel for the world title and the TV title. And look, I'm sorry, I don't think Jay Lethal is much Jay Lethal. Yeah, but I mean, dude, seriously speaking, like, have you ever like bought like? Have you ever bought a ticket or a show or a pay per view or have you ever even turned into a show going? Fuck, Jay Lethal's wrestling, blah, blah, blah. I gotta watch this. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't want to bury Jay Lethal, but at the same time, uh, I think... And I can understand why Ring of Honor use him. I think he, Jay Lethal to me is a solid hand. I just don't look at him as a big star by any means. And, and he's never going to get signed by WWE at this point, and he's not going to go to AEW or anything like that. So it's just like... And, you know, like I said, I mentioned, I compared him to Shane Douglas. He's the guy that he means, maybe he he means something on a, on a small scale. That's all. He's a big star on a small scale. By the way, on their website, Ring of Honor lists, uh, Jay White is listed on the roster. I, I don't think he's actually wrestled there in a year. I'm looking at the roster here. It's like Kenny King. Uh, Matt Taven, Rhett Titus. I mean, these are guys that were something a couple years ago. I remember when Rhett Titus um, came back. You know, like, that was a fun surprise, and that was cool. And, um, you know, Silas Young. I mean, Silas Young might have been something at one point, but now, like, it's just not. And it's like, I don't know who, who, like, who is Ring of Honor... I mean, it doesn't matter. I just don't really think that Ring of Honor has anything that that's going to capture me. And I'm really curious what New Japan is going to get out of them in the new year coming forward. So, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah it, it is what it is, man. It's just, 
like you said, it, it doesn't feel like it has any kind of flow to it. And it's not like guys get built. It doesn't feel like guys get built up to move on. In Ring of Honor, it doesn't feel like guys, you know, they move on from one division to another division. Everyone just kind of scattershot everywhere around. You know what I mean? Same in WWE. It's not like there's any kind of feeling. Of, yeah, exactly. Same thing with WWE. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of moving up divisions. And that's one thing I've always liked about New Japan. Um, they're kind of getting a little more into that, you know, Ring of Honor, WWE, kind of where everyone's kind of in the same division. But generally, they were a little bit better about doing that where guys get elevated. Impact, they moved to Pursuit Channel. Nobody knows what the channel is. It's a late-night infomercial channel. Or, you know, like, they don't really air air anything, really. Um, apparently, when um, on the Impact show on Friday on the channel, they only showed two infomercials over and over and over and over and over. And that's it. And one of them was for, like, a, a knife sharpener. You know what I mean? So they, they have no, 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 no ads. They have less than 30,000 people watching them, just like Lucha Underground. And um, they're basically DOA. And one of the things that I've seen a lot of wrestling companies do, like AAA and Wrestle Circus and a few others, is they're moving to put their shows on Twitch. Now, I watch Twitch. I like Twitch. I think, think that Twitch is really cool. But, like... The biggest streamers, the biggest streamers, will only get like ten thousand viewers, and, and and like you know the fucking the uh, the wrestling sling sling companies, they're only getting like one to two thousand viewers. So it's like Twitch is right. not a viable avenue at all, and people need to quit pretending that it is. Well, maybe it's not a viable avenue now, but can it be a viable avenue in the future? I don't think that streaming can when you have so many options because, like, dude, if I'm watching Impact on Twitch and, I, and I'm watching a match and the match is really good and it's cool and I'm enjoying it and blah, 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 the, and then the match ends and then they go to something stupid, dude, I can just click one button and see something I actually want to watch immediately. Like with, uh, with um, you know, uh, television you got to change the channel. You got to open up the guide. You got to flip around. Maybe you'll go to another show and they're showing ads. With the internet, I know what's like. I can go to YouTube right now and pull up something that I fucking want to watch. So I don't think streaming is going to work because every 10 minutes I can be like, well, I wanted to watch that, but I don't want to watch this. And once I, once I fucking click off, I'm probably not clicking back, you know? Yeah, I, the thing is, though, everything is moving towards streaming, so you have to figure at some point everyone has to do that, has to jump on board with this. It's just that what do you think is, is preventing more people from watching, you know, on Twitch? Um, I think part of it is, like, because there are so many websites, I, like, I just think that people here I, – I think that by putting your shit on a open streaming platform – you're devaluing it greatly where people are like, well, it's on Twitch. It can't be that cool. You know, whereas if you're an indie, like, you know, a PWG now, if P if PWG went on Twitch, I mean, I guess it like, I think that if PWG streamed Bola, they would probably get 10,000 viewers and that would be really big. Right. We, we come back to the whole bubble thing. I remember Gabe Sapolsky or maybe it was the RF video guy or somebody, but 
Um, Ring of Honor flew in Misawa and Ko- Ko- Kobashi in like 2007 or something. And they ran Joe against Kobashi. And there was the number one selling Ring of Honor tape ever at 8,000 sales. That, like, that's your fucking ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, we over... Right. Like, how many copies of Bola really sell? Maybe 10,000 copies, maybe? Well, so. I think it's, you know, it's it's still under... But it's understanding where you are as a biz, on the business side of it. And if you can find some consistency, then good for them, right? But it's just that, yeah, generating revenue off of it. You know, PWG is able to still generate revenue off DVD sales, exactly. aren't they? I mean, that's, so, I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy that they can still sell DVDs. Because people see value. But I mean, like, you were going to um, the Wrestle Circus. They they put that on Twitch, and they had 800 people watching it. Now, that's okay, 800 people. Okay, cool. And, but they were also selling... Uh, tickets to the show. They had sponsor posters up and blah, blah, blah. Impact has no revenue stream whatsoever. They don't sell tickets. They don't have sponsors. So to put your show on Twitch, it's like it's like filming my, my niece's birthday party and putting it on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Um, I think they're dead in the water. I think they're totally dead in the water. I can't believe they're even still here. So whatever. Yeah, I think a lot of these promotions too. I think they're going to suffer a lot because if you know, once again, if guys start getting you know more exclusive contracts, if AEW, Ring of Honor, maybe maybe MLW, be like, hey, we got to sign guys exclusive too. You're going to really see a lot of indie wrestling die. Um, let's see, what else? Um, I mean, the only other thing I want to talk about is Fight Club Pro, but I don't know if you want to even bother with that. Um, oh, okay, let me go, oh, excuse me, let me go over this real quick. So, Fight Club Pro, they're like a super indie out of, uh, the UK. They run, like, once a year, they'll run a show with, like, five to 10,000 people at that Hydra building, I think it is, or maybe the Wembley or something. But they're one of those UK super indies, right? Right, right. And um, like a UK PWG. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. And they ran. Let me get the attendance figures exactly. So they went to Japan and um, they uh, promoted shows under the Sendai Girls uh, uh, brand, and then they they bought out the uh, the big Japan office where you know you know you, you can pay money and you can rent the big. Japan roster and ring and sound system and truck and you can run your own show under their banner. Well, they did that. And um, I, I, you know, when I was in Tokyo, I, I, I kind of mentioned this to people. I'm like, you know, they aren't running their own shows and people got really defensive about it because you know, it's Jimmy Havoc and he's a bit of a fucking indie darling and people just like the UK indie scene and all that type of stuff. But it's like, they aren't running their own shows. They ran the so they ran a show at Kuroken Hall on the the seventh, and it drew it, the the attendance listed was a thousand fans. It was not a thousand fans, guys. The fourth wall was closed off. There were a lot of empty seats. The orange seats were not packed. I would guess it was around seven hundred, which is still good. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
You know what I mean? It's not bad. Yeah, it's not, not bad. bad. But then if you go back, and then people will say, oh, but the Big Japan show on the 4th that they were a part of, that sold out Shinkiba. The Big Japan show on January 4th is a standing show. They run it every, every year, and it always sells out. They then rented a Big Japan show on the 5th at Shinkiba, and this was a Fight Club Pro-led show. The, the ads were like, no, this is Fight Club Pro running a BJW show. It drew 145 fans, so that's like nothing. Um, the next day right. in Yokohama, they ran a second show. It drew 85 fans. Okay? <laughs> Jesus. What yeah. I'm trying to get across is, and you know what I mean by this, Western fans overestimate the popularity of foreign wrestling in Japan, big time. And I'll let you speak on that. Yeah, I think it's a case maybe where foreigners, they, they don't really understand the Japanese market or they think they understand if they think that if wrestling is successful in where they are, that maybe in Japan will be the same. But uh, perhaps it's not understanding the Japanese wrestling culture. Well, like the biggest thing that I've always got to kind of tell people is I'm like, dude, there are fucking like, no joke, there are probably four, like 42 companies that run shows in Tokyo each year. Okay, yeah. Uh, New Japan ran ninety shows in Tokyo and then thirty shows in Yokohama, which is not far. Big Japan runs right. constantly. You have Freedoms, you have Noah, you have Zero One, All Japan, blah blah blah. And um, so when I was in Tokyo and I was kind of bitching about these shows because I was like, you know, Jimmy Havoc was posting on Twitter that he was in in uh, Tokyo. He landed in Tokyo on, J on January second. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling people, I'm like, why aren't these dudes doing fan events? Why aren't they appearing at shows to sell tickets and merch and, 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 and fucking videos and stuff? Why aren't they, they handing out D, you know, DVDs? Why aren't they on fucking Samurai T, uh, uh, um, TV doing guest spots? Why aren't they building hype for these shows? And I swear to God, on Twitter, all of these guys, um, it was like RSP... Jimmy Havoc, I forget, I, I forget the third guy, the blonde guy. I don't know his name, and there were a few others that wound up, um, um, you know, coming for the show. And I follow them on Twitter, and they treated the the whole trip like a, a a trip. They went to the restaurants, they went to the bars, they went to the stores, they did this, did that, and I'm just like, look. Okay, I did an interview with uh, Pondo, right? And Pondo was the big Japan guy Gene Booker for eight years, and he said straight, like straight up, he he goes, look, the Japanese companies do not need marks flying themselves over and working for for free. That 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 doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't build relationships with companies. It doesn't endear you to fans or anything. They need people coming over doing business, trying to draw money to drum up interest so that people want to watch you. And it's like the the Fight Club Pro thing, man, I saw it and I'm like, this was a bunch of marks paying for their own fucking tickets over. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think, again, it's just a bunch of marks thinking they understand what the, what the culture is or thinking they can get their own product over. But completely overshooting and completely underestimating what they're dealing with. That's all that is. Yeah. Um, I don't think they made money. I don't know if they lost money. 
But I think it was a great missed opportunity because not many foreign companies have the balls to invest the money to go over and, you know, do what what they did. Um, but yeah, so that's um, that's all I got for for my topics. You know, we just kind of do this for fun when we're bored on a on a Wednesday. Um, Adam, do you have any, you uh, do you have anything else that you want to say? No, no, I think that's pretty much it. I want to wrap this up because we're kind of we're kind of falling apart here. Um, let's wait until I'm back in the U.S. and I can get a bit of bit of a connection because right now I'm I don't know I'm seeming to have a hard time getting a connection here in Mexico. Cool, but I'll be back in the U.S. in a couple of days. So yeah, let's see what goes on in a few days, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot from a lot of geeks, and we'll get back to complaining about the geeks in, a, in a pretty soon. All right, all right. I'll see you later. All right, man. Later.